Ephesians. Ephesians. Wait, does that need to go up there? You guys hear me okay? Does that need to go up a little bit? There we go. Oh, yeah. That did it. So, I was at a funeral yesterday, and they did something that I've never seen done before, and that's saying something for as many funerals as they've been around, right? They, um, the mortuary served a dinner after the service. The mortuary did it. Has anybody ever done that? Yeah. I, no, it was, they, so they, well, it wasn't anything fancy, but they, they actually had it in the, in the very room where we had the service and there where the casket was at, they had replaced that with tables and then they had just deli sandwiches. I mean, it wasn't anything, you know, our ladies would be like, (laughs) and then they they had they had this big thing of of it looked like kind of weird looking potato salad and then you take a bite and it had marshmallows and apples in it and there was nothing about it that was potato salad so But I just never had seen a, and, and there's the the owner of the mortuary. He's there serving the food, and I mean, it was it was definitely different. But in in Pella, Iowa, Pella, and I oh I should have I should have brought my phone out here at the cemetery. Um, it's a Dutch town settled by the Dutch. Um, I mean, some really crazy names. I, one of them was Vroom, V-R-O-O-M, Vroom, Vroom, you know? And <laughs> yeah, and, and, and several, their first, their last name started with, with Z. I mean, a lot of Zs, and then there was Vanda, Vanda. Vandebloom, Vanda Schnuten, Vanda, I mean, all kinds of Vandas in there. And I mean, it was uh, definitely different. A lot of Dutch. And so, but very nice town. Um, Pella is known for two things Pella windows. Anybody here ever heard about Pella windows? So, Lisa's cousin that we stayed with, Dave and Julie. Dave has worked for Pella for 30 years and uh, doesn't have Pella windows in his house. He can't afford them. But no. And the second thing that they were known, they're known for, anyone know? Yes. Tulips. Yes. So... They have a big celebration in the whole town. I mean, the 
the city goes in and plants tulips everywhere. I mean, they have, and then what they do on that day, they, they have the big celebration, and then the next morning at 7 o'clock, you, you are open to go anywhere in town and dig those tulips up and take them home. And because they plant fresh tulips every year. And so everybody goes out with their little shovels and their little buckets and goes out and digs up the tulips and takes them home. And they do it all again the next year. So, but uh, just a, a, a nice little town and... and you know, it, it reminded me, too, that uh, sometimes it's okay to just slow down and don't, don't get so caught up in all the rat race that's out there and um, just maybe live a little simpler and uh, don't get caught up with everything that's out there. So, But we are in Ephesians chapter 2. We haven't gotten very far into chapter 2. We are... Uh, first of all, verses 1 through 3 is dealing with the believer's past. And then verses 4 through 10, we see that God, uh, his blessings after salvation. And so verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And if we have called on Christ to be our Savior, completely trusting in him and Nothing else. We are trusting in the saving work of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And when we have done so, then we know that he has given us life. And we were dead in trespasses and sins, but no longer. And then wherein in time past you walked. And, and we walked in trespasses and sins and, and uh, according to the course of this world. And, and that is... Uh, what represents the world is is this uh, the the disobedience to God and and uh, we walked according to the prince of the power of the air and knowing that that we live in a cursed world and and knowing this is a we we shouldn't expect anything different than what we see in the unsaved and and the the prince of the power of the air is ruling over this and and we see that. Uh, in in uh, many things in in our communities, our state, and our country, and but it doesn't change uh, for us what we're to do, and and we'll see that in a moment. But according to the prince of the power of the air, and we know that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and the power of the air are all of the hosts of demons that are uh, at his bidding, and the entire attitude that goes along with that, and it's the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And so we, we looked at the, the different children of disobedience and, and how we are not to be marked by them. And, and uh, then he goes on in verse 3, among whom and among the children of disobedience also we all had our conversation in times past. And I, I think that... Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's as you, as you get older, I, I don't know, more experience, you just see more uh, of the, the impact of sin on people's lives or whatever, but, but uh, here you, you just, I, I guess you learn to, to have a little bit more compassion maybe, or maybe as you get older you get a little softer in some areas or whatever, but uh, you, you just start 
looking at people's lives, and, and it, the best thing it can help you is to think, if it wasn't for the grace of God, here go I. And we, we, need to, we need to learn to take people where they are and try to help them to get where they need to be. And sometimes where they, where they are is that they need to trust Christ as their Savior. And there, there truly isn't any help for them until they come to that point. And so we can either push them aside, we can get in their face and, and be obstinate with them and, and rude and, and mean to them and push them away, or we, we, can, we can hold firm to who we are, we can hold firm to the truth of the Word of God, we can hold firm to the gospel, but we can still love them and try to help them and because we, we understand that at some point in time, our conversation, our way of life, was much the same as theirs, and, uh, and and some of that is discernment. Also, there are those who are uh, who who are uh, obstinately arrogant towards the Word of God and towards God and towards those that serve Him, and and they are uh, not going to listen. And you you don't want to cast your pearl before swine either. And so you have to be careful with those things. And and so here. Just remembering that we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. Boy, does Satan understand that better than, than most people do, that, that uh, the, the lust of the flesh is such a driving force in, in everyone's lives. And uh, lusts are those passions and desires, that uh, longings and cravings that, that, that just push your flesh further and further and trying to uh, fulfill all of the wants and desires that your flesh has. And in the body of the flesh, you, you could even say that this is the home of, of our sin nature and, and uh, acts according to the sin nature. And um, we need to guard against that. We, we need to keep our lusts in check. We need to think on other things rather than thinking about the cravings that our flesh is wanting. And thinking rather on the things of God and thinking of those things that are pure. And it goes right along with Sunday night's message on what kind of home do we want? Do, do we want a home that, that, is, that is full of, of uh, lust? And, and with that lust then comes deception and, and uh, comes uh, secrets and, and many other things that, that would characterize that home. And we don't want that. You know that. And and so we need to do fight against that, and we need to have some self-control in our lives and guard against things. And uh, so in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Boy, do we not understand that so, so often, wherever your mind goes, there goes your flesh. And so if you can guard your mind, then it will help and be easier on the flesh and and we need to be careful. The desires are, are all of those, those uh, willings that we have and, and wantings. And, and rather, we need to change our way of thought and, 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 and truly do something different in our lives. Remember Colossians 3 and verse 2, Paul wrote this. And, and he gives us a command here in Colossians 3 and verse 2. He says, set your affection. And so... Uh, what is your affection? That's your mind. You need to 
what you observe, the, the thoughts, your attitudes. I mean, a lot of things are, are involved in this. Set your affection on things above. And those things that are above are those things that are heavenly, those things that are not characteristic of uh, this world. But think on things above, not on things on the earth. Stop thinking about the earthly things and rather change your way of thinking and change your mindset and one of those I've been focusing on that here on on our uh, uh, devotions in the morning and uh, for for me is just to have a, a a different attitude when you wake up in the morning wake up in the morning and think first of all about the things that you're grateful for think about the the things that God is worthy of being praised for and and giving him thanks for all of those things and uh, doing that first and foremost and just change your way of thinking and, and, uh, and, and uh, controlling your mind and controlling your flesh. In Ephesians 5, he, he tells us in verse 17, <clears throat> in Ephesians 5 and 17, what, what is it that we need to think about? Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so here, understanding is that part of the mindset, thinking about, okay, God, what is it you have for me? What, Not what the world wants, not what my flesh wants. What is it that God wants for me? And what is it that he wants me to, to be doing in my life? In Ephesians 6, right here in verses 6 and 7, here it says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as a servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord, and not to men. Those are some of the activities that we can do to help with our mind and, and help with our flesh and, and, and doing what, what it is that we ought to be doing, doing the will of God rather than the will of the flesh. And then more thoughts on the mind. And I, I, I spent a lot of time giving thought to this because our mind is, is such a, it, it can really, it can be such a, uh, a wonderful place to be, or it can be a just a, a, a complete mess and a garbage pit. And we need to guard our minds, and let's make sure that, that we're thinking on the right things. And how do you do that? Well, fall in love with your Savior, and, and make sure that you are. Mark 12, verse 30, Mark wrote, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. And so how we need to guard those things and, and uh, remember what we talked about Sunday night, getting from point A to point B. How do you get there? How, how, do you, how is it that you are living for God, you're serving the Lord, you're, you're doing things that are honoring and pleasing to God, and then six months later uh, you, you are off in some gutter somewhere how did you get there? How, how did that happen? How, how, do you have, how do you have pastors that get out of the ministry and, and now aren't serving? Not only are they not even serving God, they're, they're not doing anything for God at all. I mean, they're not raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They're, not, they're doing absolutely nothing other than living for the world. How do you get there? Well, you need to control your mind and guard your mind. And, but then he goes on. And he says, so among whom also we all had our conversation 
in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Even by nature. You see, we're all born with that sin nature, and we all struggle with that, don't we? Remember over in, in uh, Romans chapter 5, uh, powerful statements made in Romans chapter 5 about Adam and about Christ. And, and, and in Romans 5 verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so we know that because of Adam, all have sinned. And nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And, I mean, it just goes on down through in verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. And... So we know that in Romans 5, all the way down through verse 21, that we need to trust Christ as our Savior. And then when we do, we have a new nature. We, we are a new creation. And so because of that, we need to understand and live for the Lord and, and, and be that new creation. And so by nature, we were the children of disobedience, a vessel that was dictated by our own sin nature. But when we trust Christ, John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so by God's grace, we're given a new nature, and, and we're given a new position and a new privilege. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is that verse that tells us that we are a new, crea new creature, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And let us not be the children of wrath. There, you know, there is coming a day when they will see that. In John 3, in verse 36, hear Jesus saying that, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You ever given thought to this? I don't know, it's just a thought that's passing through my mind, but maybe that's why so many unsaved people are so angry. Because there there's such a wrath in their lives and and they're they're angry and the sad thing is is one day they are going to be uh experiencing the the very wrath of God upon their lives. So how do we avoid that? How how do we Stay out of that. We love him. We set our affections on, on him as we saw. We keep our body under subjection. We walk in the spirit. We don't love the world. We stay away from those things and, and we walk with God. And let us not be characterized by what we used to be. And then verse 4, and we'll quit with this, but God. Isn't that good? I didn't want to end on something negative tonight. Let's end on something positive. But God, and that is emphasized, but God who is rich in mercy. He is abundantly wealthy, isn't he? He tells us in Titus 3, verses 5 and 6, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us 
by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And he did so in mercy, in compassion, and, and in pity, and, and in clemency. And, and then you can, for time's sake, I won't go there, but go back and read all of Psalm 136 and see how he ends every verse. His mercy endureth forever. That's such a great psalm. His mercy endureth forever. And so it tells us that he's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Yes, he does, doesn't he? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5 and verse 8. John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know what's, what's impressive with this? It says, wherewith he loved us. That's a completed action. He, he has, he, he, it has always, it, it's something that isn't going to change. It will forever be that. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. Let us live for him and let us experience his mercy, his compassion, and let us be ones that would be carriers of that so that others also could see his love and his mercy through our lives and the way that we treat one another. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Ephesians. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the example that he's given us. And Father, I pray that you will bless each one that's here tonight. I pray that you'll encourage them and help us, Lord, to take these verses to heart and know how much you love us. And Father, I pray that you will lead us home safely tonight. I pray that you'll use us to reach out to others. And Father, you'll help us to look back and see that no longer are we what we used to be, but we are a new creature. And Father, help us to live for you. Lord, we love you. We pray your blessings on the service. Pray that you will encourage each one who's here tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.